0: Please pray with me. Lord God, we pray that your spirit might fall upon us now. Lord, speak to our hearts. We pray that you would place your words in my mouth, that I might proclaim them faithfully. Lord, but we pray that you would reveal yourself to us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. It is so nice to see you all today. Um, Well, Tara and I just got back late last night from San Antonio. We were there for my grandmother's 95th birthday. But also, um, we took an extra couple days to celebrate our anniversary. Our anniversary was earlier this month, but we kind of postponed the celebration until the last few days because we knew we'd be away in San Antonio together. And so, um, 14 years of marriage, we made it through. So far, I, I don't like. I don't want to like brag about it because most of my contribution to that has been making a mess of it, right? But God and His grace has made something great out of the places I've messed up most frequently, and I thank God for that. That He is he redeems um, this this relationship between me and my bride. It's a blessing to be a part of her life. And we've been part of each other's life for a long time now. Uh, We dated for five years before we were married, so that's 19 years we've been together, which is a fair piece of my life, right? I mean, I'm getting older, but it still is a big chunk, right? And we're getting to that point where we've almost spent more time with one another than we have with our families, at least in you know marriage, like moving away. It's kind of amazing, isn't it, when that... Supersedes that marriage begins to supersede the and become the most powerful influence in your life or personal relationship in your life. So it was so nice to spend that time with her in San Antonio, to have that time. The kids were with my mother-in-law, which was great. She very generously watched them for a few nights so we could get away. And it was such a blessing to be with Tara, to see her, uh, to not be interrupted in a conversation. You know... <laughs> Uh, to be able to have things go through in a linear, sequential manner, like how are you, fine? How are you? And then be able to continue that on without anybody saying mom or dad or you know, and then having to explain interruptions and all those kind of things. It was a huge blessing to get to know her better, to see who she is, and it was that time away that allows us or allowed us to see each other better for who we are. To love each other better, to enjoy one another, to be refreshed in that love for each other. Without interruption, without distraction, to spend time together can really rejuvenate and did rejuvenate our love for one another as husband and wife. Now, in the Song of Solomon, we see this principle of love for his beloved, this man's love for his beloved, and his desire to take her away To take her away to another place where they can be alone together and they can communicate and they can enjoy God's creation together. Now, the only problem is, is that um, the speaker for this in Song of Solomon is Solomon. And like his father before him, uh, David, of course, uh, Solomon is not precisely the person where one would look for, for tips on monogamy. Right, is he? Anyone remember off the top of your head how many uh, wives Solomon had? Nine. See, I heard a 600. Let's go a little higher. Anybody raising 600? I hear six, 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 six. Anybody say 650? 650? No, he had 700 wives. And how many concubines? Another 300 concubines. So that's 1,000 women in his life. Uh... So either he knew a lot about commitment because he committed many, many times, or um, something wasn't going quite right there, right? I mean, he makes Elizabeth Taylor look like Mother Teresa. It's pretty amazing. Right? And while Solomon might have started off his life um, with this wisdom that God had given him, it doesn't take a brilliant mind to see that this thousand commitments wasn't a good idea, was it? Come on. Can I get an amen on that? That's not a good idea. That's right um now in the remarkably grace-filled way that god pulls off so well god takes a broken man like solomon someone who um, did something that just boggled the mind uh, to the proportions he went to with these wives and concubines Uh, he uses that man that solomon to tell us something about god i mean about love sorry and about god too the book of Song of Solomon, or in some Bibles it's called the Song of Songs, is a beautiful one that shares the words of, a, of love between a man and a woman. Over the years, there's been debate about this book, right? Particularly during the monastic tradition when you had uh, these guys, like, kind of isolated and cloisters, saying, like, well, I, I don't like really the theme of this book, right? You know, or um, it's often been interpreted just in terms of, oh, it's only about God's relationship to the church. Right, But clearly, at face value, this is a book between a man and a woman talking about love and often talking about some pretty interesting parts of love, right? How should we express this? Um, and so, over the years, there's been a ton of debate about it. Should it be in the Bible at all, since it's really just an extended love poem between a man and a woman? It doesn't deal with deep theological issues, at least it doesn't seem to, and so does it have a place in the Bible? And it's a little steamy sometimes, too, so maybe this is not okay. What do you all think? That's right, yeah, I say we throw it in there. I think the answer to this de- debate is clearly yes, that it does belong. This book belongs because it speaks of love between a man and a woman and their passion for one another. And is there a biblical precedent for relationships of this matter, or of this kind? Yeah, let's think of the beginning, right? In the beginning, uh, who were the first two we hear of? Adam and Eve, right? Um, and they're together in the garden, and who is with them? God is with them, right? Man, woman in relationship with God. There's this beautiful, um, this is beautiful like layering of relationships and the bringing together of of the husband and wife together before God, walking with Him in the cool of the evening. It's this amazing theme that God wanted to be in the midst of relationships. Now, and what was the first command that he gave them? Love. Love. There's another one, though. No, it's not the don't. It's a good one. It's not the don't eat. Uh Uh-uh. He tells the animals this, and he tells the humans this. got a multiplication symbol? Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Mr. Boyer. That's right. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Now, I'm not going to get into the mechanics of being fruitful. But uh, suffice it to say that sex in its proper place does not freak God out. Does it? No, he's not like, oh. Seth just mentioned that in church. Right? No, not at all. That's part of his plan that's how he made it that was before the fall right it was all there god like so the themes that we see in song of solomon about this intimate conversation and them speaking about intimate relationship with one another that's not bad that's part of god's plan for how we were designed to work in relationship in that committed married relationship that's how we were supposed to function that's just natural And so, it certainly fits in terms of how God created us to be. The Lord's desire is to see marriages that glorify Him, that point to Him with their sacrifice for one another, and that are vibrant and alive. So, the Song of Solomon, this little book inspired by God and written by a broken man, shows us the importance of maintaining love. As I'm sure you all know, relationships take what. Work and time. That's right. And it comes easy, though, doesn't it? It's the most natural thing in the world. No, it's hard. It takes a lot of focus and determination. It takes a lot of commitment to maintain that commitment to one another. It does not come naturally. Selfishness often comes naturally into relationships. How good is that for a relationship? Not so helpful at all. right? But this sacrificial love for one another that Christ calls us to is the is the life force of a marriage, is the life force of a committed relationship. Both parties must strive and sacrifice and dig down to mine the gold that can be found in love for one another. So uh, one of the ways to, to um, build that relationship up uh, is is we see in Song of Solomon. It's the continued invitation that we see in our passage. Arise, my love, my fair one, and come away. What is the invitation there? Come away with me. Come away with me. Spend time with me. It's in the midst of that invested time that relationships blossom. Sure, they're lived out in the day-to-day tedium of life, but it's those special times of pulling away that really can recharge us and enable us to go out back into the, the dark valleys of normal life, right? Come with me. This uh, Solomon says to this woman, come with me and let us get away from all that keeps us apart and let us enjoy the beauty of this world that God has given us together and let's enjoy one another. This invitation opens up the opportunity for a deeper relationship. Now obviously the target audience uh, for this husband and wife relationship is limited, right? Not everyone is in a married relationship. Not everyone is called to marriage. But this book points us to something that far transcends husband and wife, right? It points us to something that is not limited. It points us to the reality that God has made the exact same invitation to us. And his invitation is even deeper and more profound of this man for this woman. God invites us to come away with him, to learn more about him, to commit time to him to commit our lives to him, to walk out into the beauty of the creation with him and enjoy it together, to fall deeply in love with him. God desires relationship with you and with me. He wants us to desire him more than anything else in this world. It's a beautiful thing that we've been invited into this relationship by our God. Tara and I had a great time on our anniversary. Going away together allowed us to see each other with new eyes. We got to renew our love for each other. We got to learn new things about each other. There are things I heard from her that I just never knew. It's amazing what you can find out about somebody when you invest that time with them, when you get away from distractions and focus upon them. God calls us to come away with him as well. He calls us to step out of our lives and to step into some time with him. To let go of our, our, the things that distract us and to focus upon him. To enjoy him. To go on a date with him. To spend time getting to know him. Wondering about what he likes, what he desires, what he wants for us and how we can serve him. He desires this because he's committed to us in a way that far surpasses anything else in this world. I mean, think about it, right? When we get married, what do we give to each other at the ceremony? Rings. rings. And what do the rings symbolize? Your love. your love, right? And somebody sees a ring on your finger, what do they think? Out of, circulation. Out of circulation. That's a great thing to say, absolutely. That's right. It's a sign both to you and to the world that something special has happened in your life. It's a sign of commitment. It's a sign that there is, there is something that is permanent there. Now, God doesn't wear a ring, does he? Right? But he's got a sign. Jesus Christ has a sign upon him that shows what his commitment is to us. Anyone think of what that sign is? Or what those signs are? Yeah, the holes in his hands and in his side and his feet. Those things are like the ring for us, right? They show us how committed he is to us. They show us that he has done everything for us. That he um, loves us more than life itself. That is the ring that he wears for us or the scars of the cross. They show the world and remind they show it to the world and remind us how much he loves us. This Jesus Christ, this one who took death upon himself, invites us to come away with him, to spend time with him, to offer up our lives to him, to get to know him better, to learn about what makes him tick what are his desires what does he want for us what does he want to see in this world and also this, he wants to hear what we have what 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 is going on in our lives what we're wrestling with what we're learning about this god invites us into relationship and it's not a one-way relationship it's one that demands that we participate in it so may we come to him today may we recommit our relationship to him And this week, may we find times in which we can get away with the Lord, where we can spend time with him and remember why we love him and hear from him how much he loves us. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that you have committed everything to us. We thank you that you have taken upon yourself death, Lord, so that we can have life. And we thank you that you did this so that we could be in relationship with you that you'd knock down the barriers of sin and death so that we could come to you. Help us to come, Lord God. Help us to not take this sacrifice in vain. Lord, but may we accept the amazing gift you have given us and serve you with joy and hope in our hearts. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We pray that you would help us to find time to spend with you this week. Lord, and may our relationship with you be renewed in this time.